Hi, I'm Helen Joy Butler, and this is Musings on Sanctuary and Spirituality, a weekly podcast series where we talk about sanctuary, spirituality, and everything in between. As a sanctuary creator and elemental space clearer, I help people create sanctuary in their homes and lives in practical, emotional, and spiritual ways. In this podcast, we will be talking about sanctuary, spirituality, alignment, intention, and much more, all in the hope of supporting you on your own sanctuary and spiritual journey. I invite you to take time to pause, to settle in with today's episode, and if it feels right, to spend time journaling your thoughts and learnings afterwards. Because it's when you embody these learnings that you will achieve greater alignment in all aspects of your life. So without further ado, let's dive in. Welcome to this episode of Musings on Sanctuary and Spirituality. It's such an honor to have you here with me today. We have the beautiful Sherry Simpson intuitive guide in today's Sanctuary Chat. As a projector in human design and a five-time Scorpio in astrology, it's in Sherry's nature to work with people who are ready to be seen at a very deep level. Sherry uses the Akashic Records and her own energy healing techniques to guide people to find and release the root causes of their challenges and struggles from this life, past lives, and their ancestry. Sherry empowers her clients to access their intuition daily so they can release resistance on their own and manifest the lives they desire. Sherry and I both are five times Scorpios, so we certainly have a very deep and interesting conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Sherry. Welcome to the podcast. It's beautiful to have you here. Thank you for having me. Can you please share with our listeners just a little bit more about you, who you are, where you live, the amazing work that you do in the world? I would love to. My name is Sherry Simpson. I live in Canada. I grew up kind of central in Ontario and I've been kind of hiking around the East Coast for a while. So I... I figured out I was an intuitive when I was working as a massage therapist and I was pulling information out of people's energy fields that I wasn't told. (laughs) So I now work as an intuitive guide. I help people connect into their higher selves and access their intuition really quickly. And I also help them get rid of any resistance. So I tap into the Akashic records. We can do past life regression just to get rid of all that stuff stuff that's preventing people from moving forward yeah so let's dive into that a little bit more because there is so much stuff that can prevent us from moving forward (laughs) so I suppose my question is do you find that there's a general theme with the people that you work with and similar kind of things coming up or is it just or anything and everything it's a good question I find a lot of people have a lot of fears. There's a lot of 
these these inner child fears that happen usually somewhere between two and about seven that can prevent people from moving forward and then there's there's often a lot of vows there's sometimes curses and also contracts that are just um, don't need to be there anymore so in terms of the akashic records there are a lot of things that repeat but there's also some unique stuff that makes the work really fun <laughs> yeah i can imagine i've also um had experiences diving into my own Akashic records. So why don't we, let's assume that, um, and I don't mean to assume, but listeners may not even know what we're talking about when we say Akashic records. So can you explain that a bit more? Of course. The Akasha, that is all around us. It's basically in the ethers. Essentially your Akashic record is your personal record assuming you believe in reincarnation so it's your record that of everything your soul has done ever since it was created and originated every fear every joy every situation every everything <laughs> that's big <laughs> it is big and it's very interesting because people will just kind of go into and open the akashic record and it's literally like trying to find a needle in a haystack you have to have a very specific intention for what you're looking for yeah, and that was what I was going to ask you. I mean, and I know for my own um, purposes the answers, but, I, you know, obviously you're, this is your field and this is your thing, so I'm really keen to share with the listener. So the purpose of going into the Akashic Records, like why would I want to go and dive in and, you know, try and find that needle in the haystack? It's a really great question. I find that a lot of people are just curious, and from my perspective, it's not the reason to go in. I personally like to go in because I want to find out where the resistance is that's actually preventing people from moving forward. So is it from your ancestry? Is it a past life? Is it in another dimension or another parallel? Where is it? What is it? And how do we access it and shift it? Yeah, beautiful. I find that when I've gone in, I've gone in because there's something going on in my life that I really just can't make sense of. Um, and I think, well, maybe this is a pattern from a past life. Maybe there's something in there that can support, you know, me understanding what's happening here in my life now, but also maybe not necessarily give me, you know, the strategies or the steps to move forward, but just for me to get some sense of relief, I suppose, that it's like, oh, yeah, Helen, you faced this a few times. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Keep going forward. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. 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 so exactly. we have to talk about human design um because okay. you know again i just love diving into all of these things and i know i'm a generator and we know that you're a projector so yes. do you want to guide us a little bit around you know human design what it is but then the difference between those and then also the other um I don't even know what they call it. It's not, it's your type, I suppose. Is that what it's referred to? Yeah. So you're a generator. That would be your type. I'm a projector. That would be my type. And then some people on the planet are obviously manifesting generators, manifestors or reflectors. Those are the five types. Okay. So can you share a little bit about each one with us? I know more about my own. Sure. Essentially the gen generators and the manifesting generators you could think of them as the people who were meant to 
do all the work in the world. So they have their own energy. They're the doers. So the world was set up so far, basically for the generator types. Basically myself as a projector, I don't actually make my own energy the way that a generator does. So that means I'm actually pulling energy from other people and then trying to figure out once it gets in here, what's mine and what's not mine and what do I keep and what do I get rid of? That sounds really exhausting. It can be. There's definitely a thing with some of the types in sleep. So for me, I'm supposed to lie down like an hour before I actually need to go to bed to discharge all the energy that's not mine. Otherwise, my brain's awake and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what would be the benefit of knowing our type other than, you know, it's good to, you know, learn those uh, or have that understanding of yourself. Um, you know, for example, you've just said you have to lie down just to then, you know, release all of that. So what else, what other benefits would there be for me to know my type? Well, it's very interesting because someone like myself, in terms of business and creating programs and offerings, when I create them at home alone, the next day I wake up and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. So it's almost as though I didn't actually have a full energetic perspective. So my type, we're actually supposed to go work at a library or a coffee shop where the other energies are actually filling in the empty pieces in my own chart. And that's when I do my best work. And so I'm just figuring this out, why I will create these things in my business. And then the next day be like, oh, I don't want to do that. And I don't know why. <laughs> so it can be a very good business strategy or a good creation strategy to know your type. Yeah. So does that mean for you, you take yourself out physically to other spaces? So you're sitting in that space and then you're creating there? Yes, because what happens is on the body chart, there's the bigger shapes that are known as the centers. And then there's the lines that kind of connect in between them. If you have a hanging line and I go into a coffee shop or a library and someone else has the matching part so that I have a complete line, I actually feel more of a complete human and I feel like I have more energy, more creativity. So it's very interesting, especially in relationships. You could actually take your chart and your partner's chart and pop them on top of one another and see where your charts actually fill in each other's. Oh, I'm going to do that because I've actually got my chart for my husband and our son. So we've got a 14, 14 and a half ish year old child. And I know that my husband and I are both generators and our son is a projector. So okay. I'm thinking I'm going to overlay them and see, you know, what that is. That's an amazing idea. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. The interesting thing about the projector is that, it, and it depends kind of where his lines are and what his, his roles are and whatnot in his chart. But the interesting thing is a lot of times we'll just need to shut off. Plus our strategy is to wait to be invited. So if I go gung ho and pretend that I'm a generator and actually start instigating a whole bunch of relationships, they'll turn out bad. So I have to kind of exude this thing in my aura that says, hey, I'm ready to be connected with and other people come to me. And that's how business and relationships work really well for my type. Yeah. And as you're saying that, I can see our son in that. 
um, which is actually really nice because then it gives you, particularly as a parent, a little bit of ease of mind. If Well, I'm, you know, I'm very good at connecting with him and helping him on his journey, but being different types and obviously everything, different star signs, you know, different ages, all sorts of things. Um, it, it helps give me a little bit of understanding around how to approach him um, as well, which is really cool. So the next thing, which is just incredible, which you and I discovered this only a few days ago, is that Mm -hmm. we are both five times Scorpio in our charts, our astrological charts. And you said to me via message, how many other people have you come across that are like that? I've only had one other person that I had a conversation with that I know had five planets in Scorpio. (laughs) amazing and and as um we've already discussed on this podcast and i've shared with you that i'm a twin and so i've checked her chart Mm. so now you officially know Mm. of four people (laughs) Um, that's right that's amazing yeah and i was talking to someone the other day and she was telling me and i can't remember if she had five um planets in cancer they were definitely cancer and she had a Mm. lot of cancer in her chart so um, Scorpio being a water sign, Cancer being a water sign, we could really both relate to each other mm. <laughs> and the emotions and the depth of all of that. Um, what do we need to know if we have that much Scorpio in our chart? It does really depend on where it resides in your chart. However, most people believe that when you have that much water in your chart that you're very deep and very intense. For me, yes, kind of. I can actually see into people based on being a projector and based on who I am at soul level. So I can work very deeply with people. And I think that's also a Scorpio gift. Oh, definitely. I think that, well, I was going to say I was born that way. I was born deep. And, you know, I literally was born deep. But you know, we can hone these skills, can't we? And I think that they're really helpful and supportive for people like us who are, you know, intuitive, you know, and on that, um, that journey as well. Would you say, Sherry, that your work is a spiritual calling for you? Absolutely, I would. I, I went through these interesting stages with myself and my belief in God, the universe source, where there was nothing and then something and then everything. And I think that the process definitely has, has kind of brought me home in terms of, of, of my place in everything. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've been referring particularly this year, I mean, all of the work that I've done around Sanctuary is around, you know, Yes, home, like practical home, but also, um, you know, our body, ourselves, our soul and welcoming ourselves home to who we are and our own truth because that, I believe, is a really important part of this whole journey. What do you think? I think that's very beautiful. And in my work, I actually run into a lot of people who came or began as a soul in a place that doesn't exist anymore. And so a lot of people are longing to go home and they can't because it doesn't exist. So I, I catch that a lot. And I, I love how you kind of said that you know, home is on the inside, really, and you're kind of bringing home everywhere you go. Oh, yeah, exactly. 
when I talk about sanctuary, you know, the first place to start really is our external because, you know, it's easier <laughs> sometimes than doing this internal work. But, you know, we have to walk around inside this physical body all the time. So why not bring sanctuary into there as well as having this external space? And I talk a lot about the infinity symbol. So it's kind of like this balance, you know, internal, external, internal, external. Yeah. When you talk about, um, I know what you're saying, but when you talk about the, you know, many of your clients uh, coming from places that no longer exist, can you share a bit more about that? Absolutely. Those who began their, their soul's experience on earth are referred to as earthers. A lot of the people who are spiritually awakening didn't start here. They're not earthers. So their soul was, or they originated in some place, some galaxy, somewhere else. Yeah. And are finding it challenging, perhaps, being here on earth. Because I suppose it's a little bit like a lost child or... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, something like that. You think, well, I've lost my home. Where is home? The interesting thing is I have worked with quite a few from the angelic realm. And so for them, they're so light and, you know, so so free and so high vibe. Coming to a place like Earth, it's so dense and there's there can be a lot of negativity based on where you are and what you're focusing on. So it can be a real transition for certain groups of souls. Yeah, I can imagine if you're, you know, from that realm and you're currently living in America where there's, you know, lots of violence perhaps going on, there would be this disconnect, this lack of understanding, this perhaps, not lack of understanding, but more confusion around understanding. I don't understand why people are doing this when, you know, coming back to your heart or coming back to yourself and that that beautiful angelic kind of energy. Absolutely. It's very interesting because some of the souls are actually coming here to to transmute and transform that negative energy. So they're putting themselves into families literally that are negative so that they can work in the trenches and try to transform the energy, you know, from the trenches. Yeah. And to have that understanding that that's what you're here to do has to make life a bit easier. It's like little ahas and light bulb moments that people have where they're like, oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Now I get the enormity of the thing. Exactly. So let's talk about your personal spiritual practices, Sherry. What do you do, whether it's daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, to, you know, stay grounded, to stay in your truth, to do the work that you're here to do? That's a really great question. I do. I'm one of those people that doesn't love consistency. So I will try to change or shift the things that I'm doing consistently. Nature is my happy place and that's how I stay grounded. So right now there's a husky lying on the floor here beside me. I'm actually walking him twice a day. Essentially, nature is really big because there's so much water in my astrological chart. I need the trees. (laughs) So definitely that's important. I also love to work with the chakra system and I do that with myself quite often. You were mentioning the infinity symbol and I kind of laughed because I actually take the energy through my chakras in that infinity symbol, in that shape and flow. Well, I love that synchronicity. That's beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. When you say you work with the chakra system, (laughs) are you talking about clearing your chakras, you know, specific practices that you do? 
Yeah, what I normally do is I like to ground. So you tie the cord around the tailbone and you create the tree root system from the feet, bringing the energy from the, the ground back into your body and out through the crown and then bringing that energy. So I'll run energy a lot in both directions. When I'm doing that, I will focus the flow at the root and kind of work it and, you know, spin it and move it and expand it and do whatever it needs and then work through the rest of the chakras so that I feel like a lot of people might focus on them like they're these orange circles, but they're not actually connecting them. So I like to connect them. Yeah. And well, that makes sense to me as well. You've got this beautiful flow of energy between each chakra and they're not, I would say they're not kind of like a solo ball. They, they interact with each other and all the other chakras in and around our body that, you know, aren't part of the main chakra system in inverted commas. Exactly. And then what I like to do is kind of determine what my day is going to be like, you know, what I'm calling in, what am I manifesting, what am I attracting? And then I'll do my best to put that into my energy field and expand it out. Yeah. So that it comes to you? Yes. Law of attraction states that like attracts like. So you're trying to be a magnetic or an electronic or an electrical energetic match to what it is that you want. You know, it's interesting. The, the thought that's coming up for me at the moment, Sherry, is that perhaps some people listening are thinking, oh my gosh, that just sounds too hard. But what you're saying is not actually, I don't think, difficult. You know, we're talking about being out in nature, you know, whether it's with water or with trees or, you know, whatever the nature thing is that you love. But then doing this simple practice, I'm sure it doesn't take you terribly long at all. No, you could even do it standing in the shower where you're just allowing the water to wash things through you and just imagine that you're bringing the energy back up. So it, it can be really quick. You don't, you don't need a lot of time. So it's not, a, it's not an onerous task. <laughs> no, it's just a matter of making it part of your daily routine instead of having the monkey mind or having the to-do list or whatever going through your head as well. So Sherry, when you hear the word sanctuary, what comes to you? Every time you say it, I think of the place that I go, um, like my energetic sanctuary. Early on in my spiritual journey, I worked with a woman who's, I think, in Ontario, actually, and she had me go to this place. And it was this horrible, desolate place. And she actually had me transform it. And it became this beautiful sanctuary. So when you say it, that's exactly where I go. I go to this place that I've created that has, you know, all the slush green and this, you know, bridge that goes to this temple. It almost like Sylvia Brown's description of some of the temples. It's like that. It's awesome. <laughs> and it's a physical space? No, it's not a physical space. It's a place I go to yeah. that... When I when I go inside, I can have any healings I want. You know, I I can get my chakras cleared there. I can connect in with all the spiritual people I need to. So it's my it's my go to place. <laughs> yeah, it's an energetic place that you created. And you know what? I'm just getting so much joy as you say this because if we if we transfer this to a physical space like our home or our office mm -hmm. or our wardrobe or our bedroom or whatever, you know, it can perhaps feel desolate, feel barren, feel, you know, not lush, like a not, not a good place. But from both a practical and energetic perspective, we can shift the physical space so that it becomes what your energetic space has become, which is this beautiful place. I'm sure you love hanging out there. I'm sure it's like 
get me back there any time of the week so I can, you know, spend time in that energy as well. So the space clearer in me just loves, you know, that what you've just shared because energetically you have this space you've created, but on in our homes we can do that for ourselves as well. Do you have anything to, any thoughts on that at all? Well, I actually have a salt lamp right across from me, so I know exactly what you mean, putting things in that just give you that same presence feeling. Yeah, yeah. This, I'm home in this body, in this physical space. It's beautiful. Thank you, Sherry. So if you were to leave the listener with one piece of advice on their sanctuary journey, what would it be? I think the advice would be to go within before you create externally. And how we do that is different for each person? I would think so. I usually like to connect people in with their higher self or their spirit guide team. I I have a little fun kind of saying, I believe that in this world, in the human world, you don't, you know, get your marketing advice from the used car salesman down the street. You have to know who you're talking to. So with your intuition, it's the same. You need to know who you're directing your, your questions to. But when you have that connection and you're going within, it's so much easier to determine for yourself what feels abundant, what feels good, what feels safe, what feels peaceful, what feels like your sanctuary. And then you're going to take that energy and use it to create. Beautiful. One of the things you've just said there, and also that we shared in your bio at the start of this, is this concept of intuition. And I know I get asked it a lot, and I'm really keen to ask anyone I speak with as well about intuition, because a lot of people say to me, Helen, how do I tap into my intuition more? And I think, you know, a lot of it comes down to this grounding, coming down to this connecting with our, ourselves. Mm. Because we're so busy, we're so running around after family, friends, work, COVID, all sorts of things in our awareness that are stressing us out, that invite us to step out of our intuition. So, you know, stepping into it involves coming into yourself first and prioritising that and then, you know, kind of keeping it, doing some of those practices, if you like, those intuition practices, but then also being aware of what's going on in, um, you know, those signs or those things that are happening around you. Have you got a strategy or two that you share with people that help them come back to their intuition? Absolutely. I actually teach people to be the body pendulum because I find that using your body to connect into your intuition is the quickest way for people to start. So I literally will have people ground and connect and clear their energy and get centered into the heart space or maybe in the solar plexus, depending on the person. And then literally ask them to say, higher self, please come to me now. And then see if they feel anything, if they hear anything, if there's any kind of sensation or any difference when higher self's with them compared to without them or not with them. And then I'll have them say, higher self, using my body, please show me a yes response Many people will float forward, but sometimes people get a zip up or a a joy or an uplifting feeling or a sensation like a tingling or something. (laughs) Then we always say thank you and then higher self using my body, please show me a no response and then please show me a maybe response. And then from that place, you have to play with it so you trust it. Do I drive a Lamborghini? (laughs) Is my name such and such? Am I wearing shoes? You know, you ask a bunch of questions that you know the answers to and then you start building that relationship. 
your relationship with your intuition is just like your relationship with your partner or your, your child. You build it. Beautiful. I remember sharing that practice with my sister when she was looking at purchasing a property and she's like, cause she lives quite a distance away from me and I wasn't able to, you know, I mean, I could tap in energetically to the property, but I wasn't able to physically be there and support her. And I said, okay, do this practice. <laughs> and I, and I taught her, you know, that, that pendulum body concept so that she could then really tap into that body wisdom and yeah she ended up buying the property which is really cool so she listened to it which is half the battle right listening to it it's true a lot of people won't trust it and then they kick themselves later that they didn't trust it that's why i like people to start slow and build a relationship i like to play silly games sometimes when i'm teaching people to actually do that trusting so where i live about every week they change the gas price so i'm always playing like is the gas price going to go up or down? So I'm actually tapping into my intuition with little things like that. And I start trusting my intuition more. Yeah. Like turning it into a game and it's fun. And then if it's a game and it's fun and you don't get it right, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it's okay. Right. And then you want to ask yourself, okay, so I didn't get it right. So was I grounded? What, you know what I mean? So you can actually kind of logically assess what was different with when you got it wrong compared to when you got it right. Yeah, yeah, because that actually helps bring more self-awareness, doesn't it, as well? It's like, well, maybe I was really ungrounded, I was angry, I was upset or tired. Like, you could then pinpoint what the thing is so that when you decide next time that you want to tap into intuition, you can, you can ascertain whether you're in that space first before even going there. Yeah, you could even say, okay, wait a minute, am I afraid? Am I angry? Am I anxious? That's not a good time. So what do I do to ground before I do that? Yeah, yeah. And I think the thing that just came to me then was like this concept of yearning, like, oh, I really want, I don't know, this thing, X amount of clients, or X amount of money or a love relationship or whatever. I really want this thing. And then we kind of, I don't know, we grasp onto that. And then if it doesn't, like we go, oh, yeah, our intuition said we'll get it. And then if we don't get it, we kind of beat ourselves up about it. So there's kind of like this real trust around it, isn't there? Well, yeah, and I believe that when people are like, I want that, I want that, what they're actually focusing on is the lack of it. So they're going to bring the lack of it if they don't believe they have it. Yeah, so how do we believe we have it? That's a good question. That's where the work is, right? That's where I go into somebody's Akashic record and dig out the root causes. That's where we go into a hypnosis session or a past life regression and figure out where those things, unless people are really aware sometimes they're they're hidden pretty deep can people do this work with you by distance or do they need to be with you in person i usually do it all by distance um i'm usually better working one-on-one -on -one, so that's usually how i work with people but energy is everywhere your akashic record is energetically everywhere so with your are your guides and the angels so you just you access the energy just like that <laughs> Thank you, Sherry. This has been such a beautiful conversation. Where can people find you? My website is sherrysimpson.com. I'm going to spell that because sometimes people spell Sherry a little bit differently. S-H-E-R-R-I-S-I-M-P-S-O-N.com. Beautiful. Thank you for spelling that because I know a number of Sherry's and I think they're all spelled differently. It's true. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for having this sanctuary chat with me, Sherry. It's been absolutely delightful. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much for being here with me today, talking about sanctuary and spirituality. 
I hope that the learnings you received in this episode are helpful for you on your own journey. But as always, I'm here to support you. So if you would like, please do reach out and share your thoughts with me. And also please feel free to like, share, comment or review this episode. If you'd like to connect with me more, please go to my website, helenjoybutler.com. And I invite you also to join the Sanctuary Inner Circle. That's our beautiful group who talk about sanctuary spirituality and everything in between. But until next time, take care and much love.